Hello and welcome. Shakespeare said, the eyes of the window to your soul. Today's guest is going to tell us how we can give our eyes the attention that they deserve. Dr. Sujata Rathod is the Director, Professor and Head of Community Ophthalmology at the Minto Ophthalmology Hospital in Bangalore. She is also on the expert committee set up by the Karnataka government on mucor mycosis. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sujata. Good afternoon, Sandhya. Thank you for having me on your show, Spotlight with Sandhya. So, Dr. Sujata, our whole life seems to revolve around the screen, whether it's for work, for study, or for entertainment. We are always glued to a screen of some sort. No wonder we are constantly complaining of eye fatigue. So, I I hope uh, today that I can ask you to tell us five things that we should not be doing because it's affecting our eyes. So, screen time has become an essential part or I should say it's an evil of the society with which we have to live. So, there are a few things. See, when we continuously are on a screen for hours together, our eyes tend to focus on nearby objects. So, automatically the eye goes into a phase of a spasm of the muscles and thereby you, we have the eye strain. So I think the first thing is to try to have some breaks in our screen time. That would be one thing. And again, more important is the constant blue light can keep adding on dryness to our eyes along with the external dryness. Like if we are sitting in an AC room, that adds to dry uh, heat as well as the heat generated from our screens. So that is another thing which we have to take care. Try to see that you are well ventilated when you are sitting for our uh, uh, classes or our work processes. And of course, again, keep everything around you a little dimmer than the bright screen around you. I mean, in front of you, you have an extremely bright blue light, but surrounding also, you try to keep it as little uh, light as possible, not too dim or not too bright. So that's another thing. There's some has to be some uniformity between the light around you and in front of you. That's another thing. And of course, if your headache, or if your eye strain is associated with any other viral fever or anything, yes, please be very clear that in pandemic, don't take anything lightly. Just go and get yourself examined. So to avoid screen uh, strain that occurs to you, my suggestion is take a break. Every 20 minutes, a 20 second break, try to see away. Now I'm looking at you constantly closely, but I need to look at an object which is at 20 feet. Blink 20 times, that helps in your lubrication of the tears. These are just few of the things which can definitely help you get rid of the strain. And if we, if we are in the habit of traveling, like if I have to travel to my workplace, it's going to take about an hour for me, I will definitely be again on my mobile. So avoid that. Avoid too much of reading or doing in a moving vehicle. That also adds to a lot of strain. These are just uh, simple things which you can do. And if you have identified a cause that you have a dry eye significantly, either because of atmospheric dry heat or because of the excessive screen time, or we are part of the pollutants uh, in and around us, that also adds to it. So then use a lubricant, uh, use a medication which helps you to keep your eyes lubricated, that reduces a lot of your eye strain and definitely the headache or anything associated to it. 
Okay, so this is the uh, 20-20-20 rule, one of the most important things that uh, you mentioned amongst the other tips that you gave us. I know when we earlier we used to hear about having a 20-20 vision, so this 20-20-20, what you said, I know, looking at an object which is 20 feet away for 20 seconds every 20 minutes is definitely going to benefit us. And I add uh, 20 blinks also to it. Okay. If you blink 20 times, that automatically adds to your tear film spreading evenly and it really helps in even tear production. So that also is a small addition from my side, which even the children will enjoy doing it after every 20 minutes. That's that's good. So we can call it now the 2020-2020 rule. So uh, can you also give us, in addition to this, uh, a few other tips that will help us take care of our eyes better, Dr. Rakha? Yeah. See, uh, the blue light, which is on our screen constantly, tries to uh, cause dry heat to us. And also the blue light, which is constantly entering into our eye and acting on the photoreceptors, that is at the cellular level. To, in order to stop that, we, it is necessary that we have an anti-glare uh, screen for our, uh, like laptops or all our computer screens. So if that can be done, I think most of the computer guys know about that. So if you do that, that is one more additional uh, aspect which you can do. So anti-glare glasses uh, and tinted glasses. See, we use a lot of, uh, I mean, most of us, when we are plus 40, start using uh, reading glasses. So many may need a reading glass when they are at work also. Even that can be tinted. So the tinted glass gives a protective feel from the UV, uh, from the blue light, which is a short wavelength light, but have a, has an intense energy. So that causes a lot of damage inside that. So that is another point. And one last point is, of course, our nutrition. A good nutritious food, especially in a little of the antioxidants in your diet, can go a long way in trying to keep all these things at bay. That would be my suggestion. Thank you, Dr. Sujata. See, now, you know, there is an expectation of that the third wave of COVID-19 is going to come upon us. In keeping in mind this apprehension, are there any special safeguards that you'd advise people to take? I think there's nothing really more specific, except that in this part of time, in the third wave, what we are expecting is that it is going to affect the children more. So one is keep your children very much protected by seeing that they are wearing their masks regularly, having their uh, distances, which is very difficult when they're outside playing with the other kids. So again, you'll have to put them onto on-screen games only, I suppose. So basic uh, concepts of COVID care would be screen, uh, masking your masking yourself, maintaining social distance, and uh, hand hygiene. That would not change for any way. But with regard to children, yes, try to keep them indoors as much as possible. And I think at the very, very earliest uh, phase of availability of vaccine, please do go and vaccinate your children because... There are few, uh, there's a small percentage who got infected in the first and second wave, but a larger population of almost 60% of children are very prone for the third wave. So I think the minute we all tend to have a positive uh, look towards the vaccine, things can change. So, and the other few things which I mentioned, I think it continues. Uh, reducing your screen time, trying to make your children get more involved with uh, some other activities, a craft activity which does not need either the Google or the screen type, something else which can cut down their screen time. 
make them more active into those uh, areas of uh, entertainment or activity. I think that will keep most of the children healthy and at home. So, uh, doctor, the eyes are supposed to be one of the ways that uh, the virus can affect us. So, while the masks yes. can, uh, you know, protect the nose and the mouth, how can we protect the eyes? Is it advisable for people as a rule to just wear glasses when they go out? Uh, yeah, I would uh, like to put it in this way. See, they are, the conjunctival tears can tend to have an amount of virus in the eyes. But how much of it is infective or whether if it, it outflows in the form of tears, does that have the power to infect others is still not known. So basically the intention of covering the eyes or wearing the protective goggles is that we do not touch our eyes and allow either the virus from our eyes to another object or from the surface of any infective material we don't touch. So that's the role of protective goggles. So that I think, yes, if you're going out in a mask where you're expected to be in interaction with a lot of people and if you're going close to them, a protective goggles or a face shield will help. But basic thing is, yes, avoid touching your eyes, nose and uh, mouth. So that will prevent, if at all, you have any infective material on your hand. That would be adequate. We have also done a study on this. I think uh, you would be wanting to know on that, that the entire Victoria Hospital and the Bangalore Medical College, along with Minto being exclusively I, all of us uh, became the state's first COVID hospital. So we have had an opportunity to not only treat, of course, have the opportunity to even uh, see difficult uh, times because of that, but we also got an opportunity to study on these patients. So we have done some uh, few studies. I think almost the entire Bangalore Medical College has done nearing a few hundreds, 300 plus papers. But with regard to ophthalmology, we have some about five papers. And one of them is on the detection of this uh, SARS-CO2 virus in the conjunctival tears. We did get a similar response in the tears as well as with the RT-PCR report. But the what we could not conclude or we need larger studies is to say how much of it is infective. We know that the virus is there in the tears, but how much of it can be infective is still not very clear. That was one of our studies. Thank you for this uh, information, Dr. Sujata. I think that, you know, clarifies a doubt that many people had in their minds. Talking about your hospital, it's over 100 years old and it's one of the a few specialty eye hospitals of its kind in the world. So can you tell us whether there has been, and I'm sure there has been, some very interesting areas of studies in your hospital. Uh, can, could you share this information with us? Yeah. I would like to say that uh, we are in the 125th year of this uh, great institute. 2021 happens to be the 125th year because this institute was started way back in 1896. And the current building, that is the stone building, was laid by Earl of Minto and in 1910. It was around that time when this started. From It started as a small dispensary and today it's about a 300-bedded hospital. Initially, it started with just, I think, five patients and a few doctors. Today, we have a strength of almost 70 postgraduates. We have postdoctoral uh, fellowships going on in various subspecialties, starting from uh, retina, cornea, glaucoma. And to add on, we have uh, the highest uh, end of uh, 
instruments here. I mean, the higher end instruments all are available with us, and we of course cater to the um, uh, middle class and the lower class of pa patients. And we get references from throughout uh, Karnataka and our neighboring borders. So Regional Institute of Ophthalmology started. Uh, it was one of the seven regional institutes to be started in the country. And today it has uh, grown up uh, to have the refractive surgery wing. This uh, machine, which costs about six crores, is the first of its kind in a government setup and more so in South India. So that has come in the last two years since I have taken over. And we are able to do refractive procedures. That is, uh, you would have heard of it, uh, get rid of spectacles, even for your presbyopia or distance vision. This we are doing in a government setup for the first, uh, first of its kind. And it's a real milestone to this institute. And we are doing it at almost 40 to 50% cost less than outside. So if the procedure or what is called as a smile or relaxed smile, that's the most uh, established or the most higher end uh, procedure that is uh, done at about 1.4 lakhs outside, we are able to do it within 70,000. So that is the type of higher end surgeries we are doing. Added to this, our uh, community services are again extremely commendable. We started uh, on August, October 2nd, Gandhi Jayanti, 1994. And since from then to now, we are uh, joining hands with Lions Club International. Then there's a Christopher Blindel machine from the, the, which is again a NGO from the United Kingdom. Both of these are holding hands with us. And there are some local NGOs also. With whom we do cataract surgeries, glaucoma procedures, then diabetic awareness is one of our pet project. We go around in all the rural areas, examining patients as well as creating awareness on diabetes and how much it can affect the eye. That is one. And one more thing which we have added to the subspecialities of all the subspecialities in the small eye is the low vision clinic. This essentially looks at the incurably blind. So we tend to give them additional appliances. We make them aware of the recent advances in uh, whether it's the smart vision which comes with the glasses. So we have this low vision center which can uh, help us identify the level of uh, incurable blind the person is and help him in his uh, rehabilitation. So the institute now has on one hand the uh, most higher end surgeries is being performed. And on also, the we are being able to take the incurably blind into confidence and help them to live a quality life in the society. That sounds really wonderful, uh, Dr. Sujata. If um, any of our viewers would like to contribute, you know, to help out with the cataract surgeries that you do for the um, underprivileged classes, who should they reach out to and how can they be of help? Yeah, they can reach out to our office of the director, that is uh, my uh, hospital and our office, and they will have those uh, forms which can give them their tax exemptions and so on. So if they contact me or my office, uh, it can be done. And all contributions will be uh, extremely well utilized for the common man and the poor man. We also have a Red Cross opticals uh, within our own compound. So that also caters. You know Red Cross is always associated with their uh, level of charity and a lot of humanitarian work. So we are also associated with them within our building. So they'll uh, look into a lot of free spectacles and giving spectacles at a very, very nominal rates. So we do join hands with them also. So we can utilize the funds even 
to provide free glasses to the patients. So, Dr. Sujata, becoming the director of this historic hospital has a special significance for you, isn't it? I'm the third uh, women director. Okay. But my father was the first director and I'm the 13th director now. Okay. So I, I feel proud to say that my dad was the first director and I managed or I, with my good hard work, I could manage to sit on the same chair which he sat when he started the institute. So uh, three women directors is a very good achievement for a hospital like yours. Is the hospital doing anything specific to encourage women to take up more leadership roles? Yes. Uh, since I have come in, I have had some two, three life course, uh, life coach management classes for women. Then uh, we do celebrate Women's Day where we identify, uh, especially our COVID warriors, especially the class uh, D group people who have worked relentlessly going into the COVID wards, cleaning their uh, essentials and all these things. So I encourage from uh, group D to a group, a class A officer to de-stress themselves on this Women's Day and contribute either in form of uh, either a lighter on a lighter way in entertainment thing. I would like to show their talents. And these are some things which had never happened earlier. Since I'm there, that is the one thing. And of course, the women harassment cell or the uh, harassment cell against uh, uh, women at workplace. So that is one more thing which I have kept it very active. And I am one of the main chairperson of that. And any slightest work-related problems, we do attend more so with regard to women. Okay, specifically to encourage women to um, take up more leadership roles, you know, apart from continuing to do what they're doing very well, to aspire to a higher positions or get promotions. Are you doing anything to um, train them or equip them with special knowledge for that? Uh, no, I'm not really done essentially on that. But we have had a lot of uh, classes on women and I related uh, how they can they should not neglect their uh, care because women being a pivotal uh, role in the society, we always tend to postpone our own uh, health reasons for the sake of family. So that is one area where I've always told that along with your multitasking work, be a multitasker even in taking care of your health. So that is one thing I've been doing. Yeah, but what you have said is a good essential point that I would like to take it up. It would be, a, I mean, I am quite uh, taken by your words that we should try to make them in uh, grow up in career-wise. Yes, I think that's one area. Thank you. I will uh, look into it, how I can help the women in my uh, hospital and do it. One last word I would say is as we age, let's age gracefully and accept that we all do need some corrected vision. Many of us will not want to wear our corrected vision. And so sometimes there are major accidents which can happen because we don't wear our corrected glasses. I've seen many older people, even with a slight uh, level of darkness within their room, they can trip. So unless they're wearing their corrected glasses, uh, some uh, simple things should not lead to major accident. So I think that's one thing I would tell to our aging uh, women age gracefully and accept your corrected glasses. That will go a long way in restoring your eyesight and your health. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Sujata, for a very informative and interesting session. Thank you. You can also view the interview as a video on the Raintree Media YouTube channel. Until I'm back next week with another interesting guest, take care and bye-bye. 
do subscribe to the Raintree Media channel on YouTube. Like, comment and share the videos.